This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. Last week, Bryony kicked off a series thinking about the Holy Spirit coming in Acts 2. And actually, when we talk about the Holy Spirit coming, what we really mean is like the Holy Spirit coming to be God on earth. He's present throughout Scripture. He's present throughout time. He's been with us the whole time. But there's this moment where he comes in power. And, and people are filled and empowered. And there's these tongues of fire and they're speaking in different languages. And it is amazing. It's a beautiful moment. Check out the podcast. Check out the video. And, but it's not just a moment of having a nice feeling or, or I got a miracle. But actually it was to see um, others reach, to see others invited into what God was up to. It was an empowering moment. It was a moment where the church was being birthed. And it was actually known as the way initially in that moment. And in modern day, actually, when we think about the last few hundred years, um, the, well, actually, throughout time, throughout the birth of the church, the Holy Spirit has been central. But in modern time, um, since the, the start of the 1900s, there's been um, kind of a fresh move of the Holy Spirit um, that we now recognize as modern day Pentecostalism. And Pentecostals would, uh, would recognize this part of the church as 584 million people on planet earth would recognize to be Pentecostals or ascribe to actually the Holy Spirit is at work. We recognize him as God on earth. He transforms us and he wants to empower us would be my simple definition. That's not necessarily the definition, but that's what I'm suggesting today. That actually there's this, this move of God that began and actually 1906 is this beautiful story in, a, in LA in the center of, of what now is like one of the hubs of the world. And this man, William J. Seymour, um, a preacher, um, a faithful man of God. But at that time, 1906, the USA, even if it was here, similar challenges. He was a man who was black and he was also disabled. He was oppressed in his society, but God had spoken to him. And he went to this place called Azusa Street that you can see a picture of um, there. That actually went and God began to do something in 1906. He began to birth something. God began to move in power. And actually, I've heard, that, I've heard about Azusa Street many times. And our history as, as Life Church links back to this moment. Actually, we recognize our history, actually, modern-day Pentecostalism links back to this moment of what happened in Azusa Street in LA affects what actually happened in Burnley in 2023 and and East Lancashire and the surrounding area. And it's a beautiful story, but something God really showed me recently about this story that I didn't realize because I'd kind of focused on that God was moving in power. It was this fresh move of God, however you want to describe that God was up to something new, that the diversity of people that were drawn to Azusa Street It wasn't just one tribe or one group of people, one ethnicity. And actually, what hit the papers initially, the newspapers at the time, was the miracles and and, and these um, miraculous things and powerful things that were happening that people couldn't understand and couldn't describe. But then when people started to ask questions about, well, who is part of this? And there was rich people, there was poor people. 
There was white people, there was black people, there was mixed race people, there was men, there was women, there was children. There was people from all across that society in that area. And that is what then hit the headlines. Because it was so subversive. It was so powerful as a statement to say, actually, the Holy Spirit, church, God, the whole thing, the whole Jesus way of living isn't just for one group of people. Or it isn't just about how one group of people do it, but it's about a beautiful diversity. And so what began in this moment, when we look back at our history, is a birthing not just of the power of God or this fresh move of the Holy Spirit, but also a move that was diverse, that was international. And, and I love that in the story, that, and, and in the story throughout time, the Holy Spirit can never be contained. He always overflows. And when we see in Acts 2 that people start speaking in other tongues, as Brian mentioned last week, it wasn't just for their benefit or for their gratification, actually it spoke to other people. It drew other people in who could then hear the gospel as Peter got up and preached the good news of Jesus. So on this International Sunday, I'm entitling the message this. We are a people about all people. We are a people who are about all people. Because when we think about the story of the birth of the church, it was, there were was so many people there from so many different places, backgrounds, countries, and they were all invited in. And so I want to pick up the story in Acts 2, verse 41. It's going to be on the screen, but you can turn to it in your Bibles if you'd like, or turn them on. And it says this, those who accepted his message, that's Peter who preached this good news, were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Just a few. They devoted themselves to, to the apostles' teachings, so that's the leaders of the church's teaching, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and the signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were taught together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to one another who had, uh, who, sorry, who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad, sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's a beautiful story of, of the growth and expansion of the early church. And that is our history. That is our story. That is our origin story as the church. You know, we started this year thinking about our origin story as humanity and creator God. Well, this is the origin story of the church. And just to know about this moment is that the reason it was so international in that moment, the reason it was, people were so gathered was because the Jews were already celebrating a festival called Pentecost. It already existed. It was a celebration of harvest. And what that meant was other people got involved and it became a bit of a, a trade and bring your best. It was a market and all sorts of things going on. But that's where it had birthed from. And I love that our God is into repurposing things. Because when we say Pentecost, I don't think about farming. We think about the Holy Spirit. We think about this moment that the church is birthed. And there's a celebration of the provision of God in that moment. And then the great provider is in their midst as the Holy Spirit. 
God himself in power. And the, be- the other beautiful thing is it wasn't just for the Jews. It wasn't just for those people because everyone was invited in. Nowhere does it say that actually, no, 3,000 people, but some didn't count because they weren't Jews. No, it was 3,000 people and people heard about Jesus and who he was because of the tongues that they were speaking in. And then the message that Peter preached. God repurposed what was for one nation for all nations. And it was a beautiful moment. And so when we look through that, then it just becomes this story of celebration, doesn't it? Verse 41, the church experienced great addition. That there was this moment of 3,000 people that they devoted themselves in verse 42. They were passionate about God and what he was saying. And they were in awe of the power and the miracles and how God was moving in significant ways amongst them. And they celebrated that. This diverse group of people. And they were all invited in. Right there it says in verse 47, all people. So I think that covers all people. That I think sometimes we, we get into a point of maybe um, like thinking, well, maybe it was some people. No, it says all people in verse 47. So it's all people. And if we decide or, or a church or whoever decides, and this has happened in history, that the Holy Spirit or one part of God is only for one type of per- people, then that's just wrong because that's not where the church was birthed. You know, we talk about basic human rights of like water and and, and, and medicine and, and certain other things. It's almost like a basic Christian right is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he, he is with us. He is God on earth. He is the one that we need. And so this morning, I want us to celebrate the depth and the width of our community as we think about how we welcome people. And that's my first point. I love how diverse our community is. There was over 15 nations mentioned when Pete and Brian were on stage there, maybe even 20 Somewhere around there, if someone was counting. But we are a diverse community, and it's something to celebrate. That actually we are a multicultural community. And you know what? The church got even better the day a different nation joined. Or the day a different culture joined. Because you bring a different perspective. You bring a different story. You bring a different understanding. And you bring your culture in. Because if we are one culture group, or tribe, or whatever language you want to use for that, we just end up in a bubble. And actually, we, we need to see and recognize what is God up to on the planet. You know, I've never heard someone explain that Bible story that way in, in my life group because someone in my life group is from another nation. Or, or I've never heard um, about what God is up to in that place. But now I've met this person who's from that place in the world. And it's a beautiful thing. And we celebrate because of our values that we're a welcoming community. All people. Very simple. That we're a relational community. People are our priority. All people. And that actually we're a network community. And that goes beyond East Lancashire. That actually we now live in a global community. Generally, the, the younger the person you talk to, the more around their world their friends will be. Because of online. But they're not negating or neglecting the in-person. But actually there's something about being part of a global community now. We feel the pain and we get to celebrate at the same time. I think about some friends of mine in marinas that have had to evacuate their village. The last village um, in Lebanon that's near, near the border of, of Israel because it was starting to be bombed. It's actually a Christian village. And, and, and so they've had to flee and you, so you feel their pain. I don't know what it's like to live in Lebanon. But I feel their pain because I'm connected to them globally. But also have the privilege to be in person with them every now and again. 
but then, but then in celebration, I, I get to chat to my friends in Hong Kong and, and how they've just started this new missionary movement across Asia and how they're inviting young adults from all over Southeast Asia to come and go on the mission field for one or two years. And they're seeing thousands sent out. And you get to celebrate that and you get to journey with that. But I wouldn't be friends with these people if I wasn't part of a global community. Not just the church, but how online and in person come together. We get to celebrate that diversity of width and depth because of our values. But we also get to celebrate because of human anthropology. That actually we are one race, the human race. You know, I think I said this at the start of this year, that actually it's not about division. It's not about if we look different or we've got a different pigmentation of skin or we were born in a different place, we are one race, the human race, created in the image of God. And sadly, sometimes the lens of social or political or whatever it might be gets put over our eyes or or, or subconsciously inserted into our brains that actually we begin to see people differently. But I love the beauty of God is he created us all in the image of God, all people. And so... I'd love to chat to someone for just a few moments about a bit of their journey because we are a welcoming community and some of their journey um, to becoming part of this community. So why don't we welcome Blessing? Hey, Blessing. You okay? Do you want to join me? You doing good? Nervous. <laughs> That's okay. Smile, people. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so, blessing. Can you tell us a bit about very briefly? Well, you, uh, your birth nation and your outfit that you are wearing. Okay. Um, my name is Blessing Paul Okwara Uchechi. Just to let you know from like my local tribe. Yeah. So I'm from Nigeria. And I love my country. Please don't ask me how or why, but I love my country. If you take all the corruption and everything, I love my country. And um, one fun fact about my nation, Nigeria, is they have about 500 and over 525 native languages. Yeah. And I happen to be from one of the most, uh, you know, the biggest one, (laughs) Igbo. And I just want us to do something today. I want us to turn to our neighbor and say hello to our neighbor in my language. So it's Ndewo. So the next, the person sitting beside you, just turn and be like Ndewo. Ndewo. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, so, um, yeah. <laughs> um, my outfit today uh, is not exactly traditional, traditional, but it is international to the UK. So, yeah, this is Ankara material, I think. I think so, yeah. If you say it as it is, uh, <laughs> nobody's correcting you. Okay. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah. Amazing. And so actually, yeah, you're born and raised in Nigeria, but then you actually went to Ukraine yes, a couple of years ago. Can you tell us a bit yeah. about that and then how you ended up here? Okay. So that's a bit of a journey. Um, anytime, I, anytime someone tells me to tell this story, I, w- I will always invite you guys to bring like popcorn and blankets because it's quite <laughs> it's quite, <laughs> it's quite a long one and for the sake of time I don't want to go into details so I'll just give you the you know shallow stuff so um as at 2019 when I graduated from secondary school um we have this thing in our home where we, d- you would, we don't go to university until the next year January 
So within that time frame, a lot of things happened. So I couldn't, even if I wanted to, I couldn't go to university within that time. So as of 2020, I was opportuned to find myself in Ukraine. February, I remember the dates, February 26, 2020. And I got there, I stayed there for exactly two years. Two years and I found myself back home in Nigeria because of the war, like exactly on the same date, February 26, 2022, found myself back home because of the war. And when I got back home, I was like, is my studies just going to end like that? I couldn't do it. They say an idle mind is the devil's workshop, something like that, and I couldn't stay idle. I cannot stay idle. So I said, let me um, find where to go to, and I applied to a university in America, funny enough. They had a program in the UK, and they said that I should do a, you know, a program yeah, program here in UK, and then they will accept me later on. That's how I find myself applying to UCLan in, in Burley. And so you applied to the USA. <laughs> yes. And they sent you to Burnley. Yes. <laughs> we, we are blessed by that, and I hope you are too. Yeah, so I found, I found myself in Burnley, and by the special grace of God, through everything, because at that point, when I applied for my visa to come to the UK, it looked like as if everyone in Nigeria wanted to come to the UK. And <laughs> it was that crazy, because to do my tuberculosis test, to do this one, to do that one, when I was going to do my test, I was number 400 and something, like literally 500 people were going to do the same test. And it was just a very crazy experience there. But to the glory of God, I got my visa the first time. Compared to when I did the Ukraine and I, 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 um, I did it for two times before I got it. But then for the UK, I got it only once. And then I came, I came here. Wow, that's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you, you grew up in Nigeria, then you went to Ukraine. And, and chat to Blessing about kind of <laughs> her story in Ukraine and how she is. I would call it escape the war. Please uh, come in a group. Come in a group. I can't do it individually. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I think your parents were tracking you on Find My iPhone, weren't they? Uh, I think you told me. Uh, but ha final question, how, how did you feel entering this community? Why, why did you stick a part of this church community? Well, um, when, I, when I came to the UK, uh, the first thing I needed to check off my list was to find a church. Because it's, it's what I'm, I'm, I, am a, I grew up in a church, and my parents are always encouraging me to find a place where, you know, believers are and, you know, join them. For the first few months, I was very skeptical about it because I kept getting a phone call from my sister saying that, oh, that if, I, if I find a church, I have to find the one that is actually, you know, based on Jesus because there are some people that she knows that they have joined the church and they cannot come out because of some certain things uh, just holding them back from getting out from that evil area. So I was very skeptical about finding a church. And on the 25th of December last year, the, that was on a Sunday. I came to this church, and it was it was just wonderful. It was so beautiful. Everyone was so welcoming. I met with Brownie and Pete, and <sighs> I just I, I just I just loved it. But like every human being, find every reason to want to escape that. And for the for the next couple of weeks. I kept saying, oh, it's too cold to come out. I can't come. I can't, <laughs> I can't walk all the way. That's a good I don't excuse have, for I don't 300 have, <laughs> days of the year in England. I don't have money to take taxi and come down here. So something was pushing me to come back. And 
three weeks into the new year, I came back, and since then, I've been coming steady. And if you, if you, if you see me around, I've volunteered in the two community groceries, and I'm working as the... My seat is over, <laughs> my seat is over production there. Production team. Yes, production team. So I'm very happy to be here. I think the Holy Spirit is what pushed me to come here, right. to come back Yeah. But welcome was a big part of that as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Blessing. Give it up for Blessing. Thank you. Could you take that? Awesome. We get to celebrate the diversity. We get to be part of the welcome. What if we are the greatest welcome party for other people? What if that is what our church is known for? Which actually we are. Not in a, well, done us. But us together, collectively, is that we are known for our welcome, and that communicates so much across all cultures. And so my, my second thought is this. We celebrate our diversity, but we also need to recognize the journey that people have been on. Almost beyond empathy sometimes. Blessing has had this crazy journey, for like literal geographical crazy journey, escaping war and a number of other things. But the reality is we can all have empathy with others and try and understand where others are because actually we are all immigrants. We are all immigrants of some variety. Whether you've moved here from another nation or whether you're like, no, I'm British. I've always lived in Britain. Or, but the reality is that one of the things I love about our nation is no one can really trace back where they come from because we've been taken over so many times in history. So either you can, so you can go, oh, we're rubbish at defending ourselves, or we're just this beautiful melting pot of like loads of cultures, the French, uh, the Vikings, the Romans, the Dutch, whoever it is that was here and throughout history and the centuries. It's a beautiful thing. But even then in other contexts, you know, we talk about sometimes this idea that the younger generations or Gen Z, they're the digital natives. They've grown up as in, in this, without knowing anything other than digital stuff. Well, the rest of us, therefore, are digital immigrants. Uh, I realized that this week, that I was like, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm learning from the younger generations how to engage in this culture. And so when we recognize that, we might not have had as difficult a journey as other people because of the color of our skin or because of our culture, but there is a level that we can try and journey with people to understand at a deeper level someone else's story. Someone once said, you can't understand someone until you've walked a mile in their shoes. And so let's not assume what we might know about others or the country they've come from because we've heard one anecdote or heard one news story. But let's truly engage with one another to hear the stories so that we can go on a journey together to listen and recognize their journey, but also how our journeys have become intertwined. And we get to be part, all of us get to be part of other people's stories to redeem and reconcile and restore any pain or hurt along the way. Because everyone's story who has moved to another nation or has become part of another nation or maybe their parents did or whatever that looks like, there is pain along the way and even within nations. You know, you've heard me mention South Africa a number of times from this stage and stories of, of Nelson Mandela and what he did. And we'd probably just have to recognize the rugby, right? Okay, just that's your moment, Matt. Uh, just to give you, because you won again. You've won the last three games on one point, but anyway. Uh, winning is winning. And, 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 and just as Nelson Mandela is becoming... Um, 
president. There's this, there's this moment where he has a choice. He has a choice to make about how either he goes, right, everything that has been done to us because of apartheid and on all of the oppression, all of the racism, all of the hate, all of the pain, all of the murder, all those things, we just flip it round and we, we repeat. But he has a choice. But that choice, maybe other people don't fully understand. And so there is a significant thing that Nelson Mandela is communicating in that moment. And he's definitely a hero of mine because he decides, actually, we're going to flip things here. And make this about restoration, reconciliation, redeeming, forgiveness, and bring healing to our nation where there is pain. And and me and Marina were chatting with one of our friends, um, Bossoff, who I've got a picture of, who... He grew up, we were chatting with him just last week in South Africa, and, and he grew up in the Dutch Afrikaans church, and, and, and he was talking a bit about some of his story. And um, he's been incredibly successful. He's run, a, run one of Africa's largest banks across the continent, a number of other things. But he, he kind of said, I need to push the past away because of where apartheid came from. It came out of the, ch- the church denomination where I was. It came out of that. I just want to ignore that, and I want to be part of the future of my nation. But the thing is, God really challenged him because basically he was saying, no, don't, don't ignore the history. Play a part in the healing of the history. And so him and his wife bought this lodge and this big piece of land where they bring couples who are in relationships that are breaking down over, particularly abuse from the man. And actually they found out that in the nation and People from South Africa may be aware of this, that because of the pain inflicted through the history, there is some men then living that out in their marriage. And it was affecting their wives. And so him and his wife had this vision to create a space where healing could happen. Where actually he had a part to play in the redeeming. And so whatever our journey has been, whatever our history has been, we have an opportunity to be part of restoring the brokenness and to be part of what God is up to on earth right now, even with the pain of the past. And so I want us to take a moment to reflect because for some of us, we need to reflect and recognize our pain. Where have we been treated as less than human? Where have we been looked down on because of the color of our skin or our culture? And for others, us, to recognize maybe any prejudices that we might have that have been embedded in us that isn't um, intentional, in our minds right now, but it might be things that have just been slotted in there through the media or family or whatever that might look like. Because even the early church had to deal with stuff like this. In Acts 6, they had to deal with where there was a prejudice happening because of the, how the food was being distributed. And they dealt with that early on. And actually, for us, that maybe we, 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 we just need to recognize or, or just allow the Holy Spirit to help us to deal with some of that stuff, process some of that stuff. I love what it says in Romans 12, verse 2. Very famous verse. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so I want us to take a moment while Ruth plays, just to recognize what is the pain that I have that maybe I need to begin a journey of forgiveness, that Holy Spirit just help and lead me in that. And for others who think, I'm not sure if I have any prejudice Just allow the Holy Spirit to do any work, even in the stuff that's in our subconscious. And so let's take a moment quietly, whichever of those two groups we might be in, to recognize. So that we can be part of the process of repenting and reconciliation, or the process of forgiving. 
And so Holy Spirit, we ask that you help us. We know that you're not here to condemn us. But for those of us that we actually want to be more actively part of reconciliation and restoring, that help us to play a part in that, help us to recognize where we might have been, have prejudices passed on to us. Help us to see all people as all people, as the people you created, because we're a people about all people. And God, I particularly pray for those who right now we're wrestling with, how do I forgive? How do I reconcile with what's been said to me, what's been put on me, what opportunities have not been given to me because of my culture, the colour of my skin, my background. Holy Spirit, help us to forgive. Amen. 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 The band are going to come and join me in just a moment. But the final thought I want to give is this, is that we understand and act. You know, we listen, we recognize the journey of others. We want to understand the path that people have walked. But to understand our position, our privilege, whatever that might look like, that actually however we may have been oppressed or treated, there is usually someone else who is treated worse and we might have a way to be able to help them. But also whether we might be in an incredibly privileged position, maybe because of our heritage or whatever that looks like, we have an opportunity to understand that, get revelation on that from Jesus and he can help show us that by his Holy Spirit. But then we get to act. I love what it says in Micah 6 verse 8, to act justly, love mercy, walk humbly that we get to leverage our privilege. That in verse 45 of Acts 2, it shows this beautiful image of sacrifice and giving and sharing and oneness. They sold their property, possessions to give to one another who had need. It's this beautiful picture of a bigger story that we get to understand people's journey and then we get to act. We get to be together in this as a diverse church, as a, as a community together celebrating every culture, but also journeying together to support one another in our renewing of our mind, our understanding. And then in our togetherness, we get to celebrate what God is doing, recognize from that understanding. There's the eat together. I love that in Acts 2, that they eat together, they celebrate together in verse 42 and 46. But in verse 44, it says this, all the believers were together and had everything in common. In a moment, we're going to use that song that we started with today about lifting up Jesus' name, which most of our songs are about. But, there's an, but I love that this scripture is about an incommonness. It's not about going and being and living on, in a cult on a hill and all dressing the same and all eating the same food. But it's about incommon in spirit, in heart, in who Jesus is, in who he is to each of us, but also in our values. And there's this incommon together that we get to choose, that we get to welcome anyone that walks through those doors, that we get to invite others to be part of this community, that we get to journey with others and walk a mile in their shoes to understand their pain, to understand their hurt, and to help them find restoration in home.
and then be challenged in ourselves if we're on the other side to think, actually, actually, where, where have I maybe got it wrong in the past? And I need to adjust and, and see people in a fresh way. We get to be in common together. Because I love that right in Revelation, right at the end of the Bible, there's this beautiful picture because togetherness, this in common, isn't just for now, but it's for eternity. So why don't we stand if you're able and love to read the scriptures together and then we're going to worship with our final song. It says in Revelation 7 verse 9 to 10, And after this... I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, standing before the throne of God or before the throne of the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Every nation, every tribe, every people. What a beautiful image. And so as we worship together, we're joining in with the, with the heavenlies, but also in the now, that together we're in common. That actually together, even as we sing this song, but as we do anything in community together as a church community, we have in common our vision of Jesus. And right there in Acts 2 verse 47, all people. That all people are invited to be part of what Jesus is up to. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via at LifeLanks on social media or our website, lifelanks.org. Life Church, impacting our neighbours, our nation and the nations with the good news about Jesus.